the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and wow, my great producer reminded me that uh, today is Thursday because I was probably three, four light years ahead because I was watching Star Trek and I had all that in. I was thinking light years, Noah. You know, uh, you should uh, do it more often. That means Saturday gets here quicker. I was all excited to not come into the office today, but then I realized I looked at the calendar. Yep, today is Thursday. You know, I'll tell you, man, uh, you know that Michelle and I and you are trackies. Big time, big time. And... (laughs) And sometimes they advance so far in the future in a matter of seconds uh, that sometimes we have a problem in navigating exactly where we at in that period of time. You were trying to beam yourself up, James, <laughs> I have no doubt. I, you know, I was trying to beam myself up, and Scotty wasn't there to help me out. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I tell you, it's always an absolute pleasure to have absolutely wonderful, terrific guests. Oh, I was talking and, to your guest uh, right my, before the show and was telling her how amazing that she was. And I needed her presence on my own show as well because the topic of mental health, James, is so important. And plus, she's such a bubbly, optimistic spirit. She really breaks it down. And I love having her on the show. And Noah, you know what? Well, she was supposed to be in studio with you, uh, but uh, then she figured out that Michelle and I are in Texas, and she's like, I'm not going in the studio. I mean, <laughs> nah, I wanted her in studio uh, because uh, you see how bubbly she is. I mean, she's going to be bubbly. Oh, she, anyway, she's but, got quite the personality. I love it. And... Uh, Wow, it's just an absolute pleasure having her back on the show tonight. And just like you mentioned, uh, and I mentioned navigating, and I mentioned be me up, and I mentioned all of those great things, but we're going to be talking about navigating difficult mental health conversation. Uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight, and that is such a wonderful topic. Uh, and plus, uh, our listening audience Everyone need to know what that means. Yeah, but before we get to that, I have to introduce my absolutely fantastic, wonderful co-host, Michelle Denise Cooley. How are you doing, beautiful? I'm doing good, James Cooley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, just like I always tell you, Noah, I don't get an opportunity to see her that much during the day. And uh, it's been cold here, my friend. And I try to get out there, and today I did not get my eight miles in. I was just going to ask if you got your miles in today. Oh, I got them in, but I didn't get them in traditionally like I normally do outside. Or well, you're I'm quite the trooper. It. You you know, usually sometimes you can't battle Mother Nature. Sometimes it's a little just too rough. Well, sometimes you we have to be able to. Uh, create alternate plans. We had to be able to navigate our way through whatever uh, our goal is for that day, that time, that year, that month, that, I mean, whatever that might be. 
You know, it's very so. true. You, you know, because sometimes, you know, the circumstances don't permit, whether it's exercise or some other goal, and you, you can't just stop. You got to keep going. But, uh, Noah, I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I'm going to get to this absolutely wonderful guess. Uh, sometimes, especially me, I set a goal of 20,000 steps per day. 20,000 steps. an excellent steps. goal. And uh, 20,000 steps is like 9.8 miles and I have not missed the goal uh, recently. I might miss it tonight because I, that's uh, still going to require another uh, 1,600 steps. But when I get off the show, I'm probably going to try to get them in, bro. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, determination. I call it the MDC theory, motivation, dedication, creation, motivation. You have to be motivated to do whatever your goal is dedicated you have to do it even when time don't allow allow your creation is if you are able to do the motivation and dedication you're going to create whatever mindset whatever goal you have with that being said uh michelle uh, i just want to get to this absolutely fantastic guest uh uh first of all can you tell our listener what's the title of today's show the title of today's show is Navigating Difficult Mental Health Conversations. What the purpose of the show is? The purpose of the show is getting to know the background of advocate, speaker, writer, mental health equity champion, business manager, community builder, social activist, coach slash advisor, Desi Carson. Discussing navigating difficult mental health conversations and the do's and don'ts of those types of conversations and learn what the spoons concept and trauma informed approach is regarding mental health conversations. And I want our listening audience to know that uh, beside Jordan Colbert, this is the most requested, most appearances on my show, and they're competing. I think this is her fifth show, Michelle. I lost count. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and she she's on the 30 as well. You know, so I just, just want uh, our listening audience to know that we have some brilliant millennials. Uh, we have some brilliant folks that are out there educating all of us. And Michelle, can you please introduce this absolutely fantastic, gorgeous, because I'm looking at it right now, guest to our listening audience. Desi Carson. Desi Carson's journey into inclusion, diversity, equity, access, and social justice work following began in middle school when volunteerism in numerous community programs became a central part of her life. From local food drives to teaching soccer to special needs students, she consistently saw the need for more hope, compassion, kindness, and love in the world. An athlete herself, Desi found sports and recreational activities to be a powerful way to bring people together. Throughout her career running campus recreation programs at the University University of Virginia and Valdosta State, as well as overseeing larger adult leagues and children's programs through AmeriCorps. As always determined to bring her very interests together, Desi now holds the position of Director of Programs and Partnerships at Ideas Generation, as well as the title of Business Manager for Psychotherapy. At Ideas Generation, Desi leads the design and implementation of the organization's leadership and community development programs designed to connect, support, and elevate the next generation of ideas leaders. Her specialties lie in writing, speaking, coaching, and program development centered around intersectionality, mental health advocacy, human-centered compassion, and commitment to radically redefining professionalism. When she's not working, you'll find her either traveling with her partner or playing with her adorable pets. James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. Welcome back, Desi Carson. Wow, Desi, it's always an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I want to remind our listening audience that if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. 344 But uh, that's in the third segment. We're not taking any uh, calls until we delve off into this conversation uh, uh, in the third segment. And Noah, uh, I, I always follow my producer rules. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause we, when we, you know, when we, when we have calls coming in and we're not taking calls yet, the callers get frustrated. We get frustrated. It's just much smoother if we just tell people when we want their call. So again, 888-344-1170, hang on to the number coming up in the third segment. We'll be taking your calls. Wow. Hey, Desi, you've been on the show uh, many, many times and, not only, uh, Michelle, they mentioned that you are a product of military parents. 
And uh, a lot of that has a whole lot to do uh, with you being the person that you are and the disciplines that uh, that you display and that you always carry out. A uh, one minute less because we got a break. Can you uh, just remind our listening audience who you are, whose you are, and uh, mm-hmm. then we'll get back uh, in in the next segment and go deeper. Yeah, absolutely. One, thank you for having me back on again. I'm so excited. And uh, two, like was mentioned in my bio, thank you for reading that, Michelle. Um, my title is Director of Programs and Partnerships at Ideas Generation. So basically, that just means that I'm the one bringing people together to make the world a better place, to bring out new ideas, new, new programs, new initiatives, new things that can just help our community. Um, so it also means I'm always very open to partnerships and talking to folks in our community as well. Wow. You know what I tell you? I want uh, everyone to hold all of those thoughts because we're going to take a station break. But when we come back, we really going to delve off into some of the specialities that make this woman so unique. And we're going to talk about mental health and how you navigate through that. So again, the third segment, if you want to be part of the conversation, that's one 344 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and I'm just going to tell you, I just get tickled pink every time I have this absolutely wonderful, sensational, fantastic guest, uh, Desi Carson, because she brings so much knowledge and information. Noah, and you know this, she always brings, she's always at her top of her game. Always. And, and as I said at the beginning of the show, you know, you talk to people, mental health, act, you know, act, you know, experts that, that know their craft. But there's something special about Desi because she has just this bubbly, optimistic personality and it really just sets the mood. And she's able to relate to all age group, whether uh, you're 
youth or a young adult or middle age or ancient like me. Uh, she she's able JC, to. JC, you're 37. What are you talking about? <laughs> but but she's able to relate. <laughs> she's able to relate um, to all demographics, all races, all religions, or whatever you might be. Uh, she just got that special secret sauce that uh, when she speaks, you think she's talking to you personally. <laughs> and, and we have uh, hundreds and thousands of people listening to the show, but everybody that listening think that she's actually talking to them. And that's the uh, the type of uh, people, or that's the type of uh, guest that we need to have that's able to relate to everybody. And so, uh, again, our listening audience, our next segment, if you want to be part of the conversation, the phone lines will be open. And that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. There's it. You know, I, I, I got to say that you came up with this title, uh, Navigating uh, Difficult Through Mental Health and Conversation. And it's a very hard topic uh, that most people don't even want to talk about. And by them not talking about it, that, that the problem exists internally for a long time. Can you tell our listeners why you thought this topic was so important uh, that we need to just open up and just talk about it because those are difficult conversations? Yeah, 100%. And I'll take a moment to say thank you all for blowing my head up with all the comments <laughs> <laughs> from the job. It's always very nice, and I appreciate it a lot. Um these conversations are so important and they get really hard because we get in our own way all the time. And a good example I like to use is, is when you think about people that complain about their parents not opening up enough or that their parents weren't opening up enough or weren't like loving enough and kept all their stuff inside, then we realize that what we learn about keeping these difficult conversations to ourselves are, it's all learned and it, and it doesn't help anyone. And in fact, breaking those doors open actually helps not only ourselves, the people around us, but also future generations to come. And that's the kind of change that we're looking to see in the world. Wow. You know, uh, we, that's why you're so important. You know, I, I always like to identify uh, a listener, and uh, I got my very, very great shipmate. Uh, in Arizona right now. I'm sitting back resting. His name is Gary Chill Miller. And Chia Mill, uh, man, it's an absolute pleasure uh, just uh, getting in touch with you because we, we haven't talked in a while, and you locked in on the show. And and we challenge you to call in the next segment and ask this absolutely fantastic guest questions, and and you ain't never took a dare uh, that you didn't uh, do it. So tell you what, I'm going to turn the conversation over to Michelle because she got a million questions right now. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Desi. You know, I know um, having conversations about one's mental health is difficult. And there's there's two sides you can go with that. You know, sometimes people will go to a professional or they'll go to a family member or friend. Do you believe that it is um, wise if you're going to a a friend or family member to divulge all your personal information about what you're going through in order to be understood? So I think the answer is no. I don't think that you have to put all your cards out on the table in order to be understood and heard. If you're the person that is receiving this information from somebody else, you also need to go into it with the mindset that you don't need to know every single tragedy that's ever happened in their life that's led to their mental health difficulties up until this point to understand where they are right in this moment. But instead, you could just be open to whatever they're trusting to give you in that particular moment because the next moment, the next conversation, they could be wanting to give you even more, but it has to build up over time. And a lot of times the folks with mental health issues or mental illnesses need to know that you are a safe vault for pieces of them that they're divulging to you. And that has to build up over time. It's not going to happen all in one conversation. And sometimes that can be frustrating for people. And they're like, just tell me, why don't you just say it? It's not that easy. And it's also a trust factor as well, because I have someone has to trust you to mm-hmm. keep this between, you know, you and, and, and them, you know, and if they don't trust you, they'll never reach out to you again. And that could have that could be very um, devastating to that person. 
So what are your thoughts on that? And I'm going to give you a, a part B for that question. Let's say the conversation does not go well. You know, um, sometimes people get uncomfortable listening to someone going through things and they don't know how to respond. And they'll just say something like, you know, oh, you know, you need a break, you need a time away, you know, you're just stressed, you know. You know, a lot of people have it worse off than you. You know, just kind of poo-poo it away. So what are your thoughts on those two things? Well, one, the best thing we can do as listeners is to try to have some awareness. Um, that's not the best way to approach <laughs> someone divulging their deep feelings towards you. Um, first of all, it's okay to ask, what kind of support do you need right now? Do you want me to just sit back and listen? Do you want my advice? Do you, what do you prefer? And you might be surprised that people will say, I just need you to listen, or I actually do want your advice because I trust you and I know that you have like my best interests at heart. And giving them the autonomy to decide can make a huge difference in avoiding harm in a conversation. But as you know, like you said, harm can still happen. And when it is a harmful conversation for someone with a mental health uh, issue or uh, mental illness, then that's a big wall that they would have to break down for the next time that they trust you. Because it's very easy to be one and done. It's very easy to be not understood. And it's very easy to project that negative experience onto the rest of the world and feed into their negative self-thought. Like, this person doesn't get me. No one will get me. This person tears me down. The whole world tears me down. And we don't want to make that worse for somebody if we can help it. Desi, I might have already asked you this on your last time on the show, but it bears repeating because it's such an important question. You know, I'm lucky enough mm-hmm. to have gone through counseling with my, my, my kids needed it, going through a broken home and a broken family. And luckily enough, I was able to actually get counseling at the same time. One of the most tremendous experiences of my entire life. But my question mm-hmm. is, why do you find that there's a stigma, especially with men, that mental health therapy, it, you know, they see that as weak, Overall, I'm not saying every man, but they see that as weak. You know, I can do this. I got this on my own. Why is there, why is there that stigma there? And part two to the question, how do we overcome that as a society? Yeah, great question. I'm glad that you brought part two because that is where it comes from. Our conditioning, our training comes from not just the greater society and the sort of bootstrap culture that we need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We need to be strong all the time. If you just work hard at it, you'll get past it sort of thing. Um, but also that's ingrained from our families and from our social circles. It comes from everywhere. Um, and weakness is, I would say, especially in the U.S., but as humans, we have a very difficult, difficult relationship with weakness. It is extremely uncomfortable for us to say, I am weak right now, or I'm feeling weak right now. And what that also has meant, that it's been harder for other people to know how to be supportive of folks in weakness without saying that they have to be strong to be okay, to be, to be strong, to be whole people again. Not necessarily. I, I talk about this a lot when I talk about the trope of, you talk about men, there's a lot of um, hyper-masculinity that goes into it that's perpetuated. There's also this like strong black woman trope that, that sticks around that you're not always a strong black woman all the time. And that is, applies to every identity, every gender expression, every race, it doesn't matter. It's this weakness that we're uncomfortable with that we need to get better at accepting and valuing in itself. Well, and also, if you have a positive mental health experience, see, seeing a professional and, you know, what it's done for you, what are the, and maybe not go out and blabber it all about the world, but people that <laughs> maybe are having a tough time in your inner circle, family, friends, tell them about the experience. You have no idea how that's going to bless somebody. Yes, especially... Also, because you never know who admires you. Exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. probably someone who admires you. And if you think about, for example, if, if you come on, even you just coming on here and saying, I went to counseling, it was amazing for me and my family. People that look up to you and admire you are like, wow, dude, cool. Like, maybe I can go too, because Noah goes. And that's the profound impact that we can have on people that we don't even know. Wow. You know, uh, you just mentioned something because uh, uh, anything that you do, you never know who's watching, who's admiring you, and what type of influence uh, that you're setting for others. You know, so I tell you, we're going to take a station break. But when we come back, listen, audience, the phone lines are open. And if you got some questions for this absolutely fantastic, sensational guest, 
That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven again. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. It's your life. We'll be back shortly with Desi Carson after the break. Yes. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen-to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. Streaming now on the Answer San Diego app and odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell y'all, I was just in thought, thinking about all the great things that this absolutely fantastic, wonderful guest uh, bring to the show, bring to our listening audience. And the phone lines are open, Noah. And, Noah, you need to tell them as a producer again that nah, you can call in and it's open, completely open. Completely open lines right now. You already have heard a little bit about this tremendous guest, Desi Carson. Call, ask her a question about mental health. 1-888-344-1170. 1-888-344-1170. Desi, well, let's, get, let's really get off into uh, the topic of the show tonight. Navigating difficult mental health conversations. Desi, why is it important to take these conversations seriously and not be judgmental? A lot of people are so judgmental about certain things and which kind of put a negative stigma on the person where they don't even want to reach out to uh, any, any help uh, or, uh, because they think that uh, people are going to not take them seriously and just judge them uh, for sharing what they are feeling. Well, you answer the question right there. Like people are going to feel judged very, very easily. And even something so small as a facial reaction can cause someone to feel judged. So it's really important that we're cognizant of not just what we're saying, but how we're saying it at the same time. And I truly think that being better listeners and not being judgmental and hearing people out and navigating these difficult mental health conversations is not, a form, not just a form of loving someone else, but also of self-love. Because what you're doing is setting the precedent that these kind of non-judgmental conversations can exist because you're going to need it one day, right? We're not perfect. We all go through things, and there are going to be times that I'm going to need someone to hear me out and not be judgmental, so let me do that first when someone needs me. And that just starts this whole cycle of love and self-love that we can keep going and break generational curses through. 
Wow. <laughs> Such a fantastic answer. Uh, I want you to uh, take a minute or two to answer this one because I really want our listening audience to hear it from you. What are the do's and the don'ts for having these conversations uh, with uh, folks that might really need uh, uh, someone to encourage them and help them uh, and keep them from jumping off the bridge. And I mentioned jumping off the bridge because a lot of times we find ourselves in those situations where we feel that there is no alternative uh, but to, to do it. What are the do's and the don'ts of uh, mental health conversation? Yeah, first off thing, avoiding judgmental language. Like, why, why are you doing that? Why are you feeling that way? What's wrong with you? Turning it back on the fault of the person is a big don't. Uh, I'll talk to them and say a do is definitely encourage them that they're not alone in the way that they're feeling. That one in five people in, in the world have a mental illness and that it's very common that the way that they feel um, is shared with a lot of different people and, and a lot of people have gone through it and, and had successful lives while navigating mental illnesses as well. Um, another don't is we want to avoid making it about ourselves. So if someone's sharing something with, with us, even if we might have a relatable experience, it's not a good practice to just go ahead and first jump in and say, oh, well, I went through that too, or I did that too, or my mom did that too. Like, no, that's not a helpful part of the conversation. It's a do would be to empathize in that response and say, I understand the way that you're feeling, or I hear that you sound really sad about that, or I see that this is affecting you in such a strong way. Um, don't overpromise support that you cannot provide. Don't say, call me day or night. And then when that person calls you, you don't pick up. Don't say, I will be there for you. And then you're not there. Uh, that absolutely will make the trust in the relationship worse. That would be a lot of distrust. Do make sure to manage their expectations on the level of support that you can give. So even if that's the amount of time that you have to, to have that particular conversation, so say, hey, I only have about 30 minutes to chat right now, but I can chat more later. It's okay if you chat more later, um, as opposed to just being really rude and cutting someone off and making them feel like you don't want to listen to them in the first place. Um, so those are just some examples of some do's and don'ts that really tie back into active listening, um, which active listening is not just how we're speaking, how we're hearing each other, but also our, paralingu our paralinguistics, how our, what our faces are doing, if we're making eye contact, if we're doing like loving touches or something, if you're cool with the person, you can give them a hug or whatnot. Don't hug somebody if they don't want to be touched. So it's very much about working within people's autonomy and within their comfortability and making it not about ourselves, making it about them. Wow. Desi, what is the Spoons concept uh, regarding these types of conversations? And also, what is the trauma-informed approach as well? Basically, these two questions in one. Yeah, so these are two pretty big questions. Um, the first is the Spoons theory or the Spoons concept was introduced by Christine Mazurandino. Um, and so that's basically this concept of we have a limited number of spoons through the day, almost like currency. And I can only spend a certain number of spoons on different activities through the day. And this came from the disability justice movement. So what Christine was saying was that by the end of the day, she doesn't have any spoons left to, let's say, cook dinner or to talk to a friend or something like that. So a lot of folks within the um, mental health community or disability justice community use the spoons concept to illustrate that I might not have enough energy left to, like, do this thing that you consider normal or that you think I should be doing because I just genuinely don't have it in me today or maybe tomorrow or the next day. Using a trauma-informed approach, there's a lot of components to it, but there, um, it breaks down in a couple of ways. So one, there's the three E's of trauma, so events, experience, and effect. So it's basically acknowledging that there are events that happen, that there is an experience of that event, and then there are long-term effects from it. And there are also... They're called the four R's and the six principles, which we can get into in another show. But the three E's are probably the most basic way to understand the trauma-informed approach. And basically putting compassion first, human-centered human language. Um, it's about recognizing that all 
lots of things can be trauma and not just what we decide is trauma. We're not allowed to judge any trauma and that it can have profound effects and that we need to take those effects seriously and care for people on whatever effects they have from whatever traumas they might have, big or small. Wow. You know what? Uh, so you, you just mentioned the three E's, event, experiences, and effect. And uh, all of those can be uh, traumatized, and you just explained all of them. And we got a caller on the line. We got Don, Danielle. Uh, Danielle, wow, welcome to the show. And I know you got a, a fantastic question for this great guest. Yes, I do. Um, I've enjoyed your talk, Desiree. Um, always very informative. Um, but my question is, and, and you've kind of answered it in your talks um, some, but I think, I don't know if it's, I won't say culturally, I'll just say the human thing. When people are going through things, we have a tendency to want to um, embrace them or hold them or hug them or reach out to them in some way or give advice. You know, when we, perhaps we have had that experience. So I guess my question is, how do you know when to give advice or just listen? I know you say listening is very important, but at the same time, if you hear something, you know, we feel like by experience, uh, we may have an answer for you. How do you know when to give advice or when not to give advice and just listen? Yeah, great question. Hey, Auntie. Um, I, and I, the one thing I would say to this is that especially when you feel like you have experience, you have advice to help a, a particular person with the situation, um, it's sometimes okay to ask them before you give it, either in the middle of the conversation or if you do end up giving advice during the conversation. It's okay to end the conversation with a sort of temperature check or pulse check or check in and say, how did what I say land for you today? Did it offer you support? Do you feel any better? Did it help at all? Because then you'll know if that person that gives that person a space to say, yeah, it was super helpful, actually. Everything was perfect. Or it's like, well, I really just want to get off my chest and maybe I didn't love how you said this one thing or another. But you being vulnerable and opening up that question and kind of putting it into their hands and seeing their their feedback on what you're giving can be really helpful. And also, I'm going to say on, on the same time, you can also frame whatever you say or do for somebody before it even happens by saying, like, I, I want to show you love in the way that I know how. And I'm just going to give advice just from my personal perspective. But if you want to cut me off, if you don't want to hear it, it's totally fine. I, I get it. And this is just what I'm going to give to you as my gift to you. But you can do what you want with it. And that's a really humble approach, I think. So you could do it like before the conversation or at the end of the conversation that, again, puts the autonomy back in that person's hands and allows for a much more vulnerable and transparent interaction. Because when they see your vulnerability, too, that's a beautiful thing that builds up even more of a trusting relationship in the first place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Danielle, that was such a wonderful question, Auntie. <laughs> and uh, uh, this uh, absolutely wonderful niece of yours. And, uh, Ooh, you know, she's in, invaluable, invaluable. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, the, with, with all the knowledge, uh, the experience, and yeah. just uh, advice that she has. And you know what? She's a young, young person uh, that's way ahead of her time uh, forwards with knowledge. And yeah. we call it wisdom uh, at an early age. <laughs> mm. Well, that's young people need older people. We need each other so we can't ever discount uh, any generation because we really do need each other. I've learned a lot from her. You know, I have I've learned uh, a lot from her. I love my <laughs> you know, I have learned a lot from this young lady over the last, uh, I'll say, nine months. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are going to continue to learn a whole lot from her. I tell you, we're going to take a station break. But when we come back, we're going to continue this absolutely wonderful conversation with Desi Carson. And uh, I tell you, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 888 It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break.
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County AM 1170 San Diego The Answer It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley and like I always say, we got the young doctor Young professor, uh, we got the genius, and it's a lot more adjectives that I can put uh, behind uh, who this person is because she's fantastic. We talk about Desi Carson, and um, always full of energy, always full of life, always bringing valuable information. And if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Desi, we got a caller on the line right now. Brittany, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Desiree? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. So, uh, my question for you is: being in the career field that you're in. How do you equip yourself when you are under distress yourself while still being present for other people? Ooh, big question. And I get this one all the time because part of my job is to build a community to help support folks and like give them the energy they need to keep doing their work in this field. Uh, so I'd say personally, I tend to really balance my self-care with a level of spontaneity and whatever my body needs in that moment. So that could be whether it's a really good meal, um, it could be a walk outside, or sometimes it's just like I need to sit and watch a show. But I also find really good fellowship from other people that know my like personal needs and love language especially. So for example, I have people in my circle that I've communicated saying, hey, words of affirmation are my love language. So when I'm not doing great, that's what I need to pour back into my bucket. And so when I start to feel depleted or look depleted, those folks see it and are able to pour into me in that way. And that took a level of trust and transparency that is not always common. But if you have at least a couple of people that know that thing that can pour back into you, like your love language, then that could feel really fulfill, really fulfilling really quickly for you. All right. Thank you. That was, that was good. That was definitely uh, needed for me to hear. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you for calling in. Desi, I got this question, and I'm kind of trying to explain it the right way. So, you know, like if you have people in your life who are going through things, you know, certain mental health issues, and they come to you, of course, you love them, you want to support them. But when does it become more of a, and I hate to say this word, of a, of a burden on the receiver, of the receiver? Uh, every time they hear from the person, they 
They still, they still going through these issues. And then the, the person they're confiding in, it becomes a little too much for them. But instead of turning them away, they don't want to discourage them. They want them to know that there's someone there who, who can listen to them. What advice would you have for the receiver if it's getting a little too much for them without offending and discouraging the, the person discussing this? Yeah, great question. And I think this this answer kind of ties into a little bit of what Brittany was asking, too, and that our self-care has a lot to do with our self-communication. And if we don't trust that person who is trusting us enough to say, I am reaching a particular limit, I love you, I care for you, I have been here for you, but I need a little bit of time and space right now to process, that should be a mutually trusting relationship. Otherwise, we're setting ourselves up just to be these receptacles that are subconsciously kind of judging people for like what they're pouring into us. And we don't want to do that. If we can trust them, that shows that it's mutually vulnerable relationship. And that is strong and healthy and feeds into us instead of just takes away from us and therefore changes the whole perspective of being like a burden. A burden means that we're not getting enough reciprocated and we probably didn't communicate what we needed to get reciprocated in the first place either. We're talking about family when we're talking about friends, Desi, I, I, I find this might be the most important question of the conversation because I, I try and do better with this myself. Sometimes we just, we're not cognizant. We just take that extra minute to think about exactly how we word things and how we're perceived. You can hear people mm-hmm. all day long, but do you, are you really listening to what they say. There's a huge difference. And I'd like you to share with us the importance of this. Yeah. Ooh, big difference. And I would say not just listening for yourself, but listening in a way that the person knows that you're listening. Active listening. <laughs> so the whole Active listening. That's all it is. And big markers are, are you mirroring? Are you mirroring their body language? Are you mirroring facial expressions? Are you mirroring their, what they're actually saying? Are you saying it back to them? If someone says, I had a really hard day at work and my boss is like all over me and I can't find a way out of it. A response with mirroring would say, oh, wow, I hear that it must be a lot for you to feel like your boss is all over you all the time. That shows that I'm listening to you and not just hearing you. Eye contact shows that I'm listening to you and not just hearing you. Um, and also when we're offering either advice or responses or support, um, truly absorbing what the person is saying and asking clarifying questions for anything that's confusing or or this could be ex- expanded upon. For example, someone's like, oh, I just want someone to listen. And they're like, okay, great. I can give you that. How else can I support you? That's wow. the easy way to keep it going. Wow, Desi, we're down to the last three minutes. And I, you know, I got about three questions I want to ask you. So it have to be a 30-second response because I want to ask all of them that they're that important. <laughs> if protecting and taking care of your mental health uh, daily how important is that? 30 seconds or less? Because we're going to get to all of them. It's the most important thing. Um, I would say from my own personal experience, you know, I have dual diagnoses and I'm very, very open about them. And it takes a big mental toll on me all the time. And so if I'm not taking care of myself, I couldn't even have this conversation with you, James, right? Like I couldn't even be here and be present and bring energy. But I have safeguards in place to help with that in order to still show up and we can set those without having to fix anything because there's nothing that needs to be like fixed. Wow. Adesi, you're so knowledgeable and you're the young, the young doctor, young professor, the, and uh, all, how come you are not writing a book or is that in the plans or what, 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 what are you, what are you planning on doing uh, because you need to share this information to the world? Well, I have written some articles, um, and I will be writing more, but I will say I've, I've been interested in writing a book, but I'd be more interested in co-writing a book with folks. So I guess if anyone's listening, I'm open to co-writing and partnerships and all that goes into um, making a beautiful masterpiece just to help people. Wow. You know, uh, I've been writing a whole lot lately, and, uh, yeah. you know, I'm not on the level of, of you for as uh, knowledge in this uh, this arena, but uh, how can I uh, listen or just get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you and uh, and also uh, your, your your business uh, that you're doing? How can they reach out to you? Uh, Thirty seconds or less. 
Yeah, the best way would be find me on LinkedIn, Desi Carson, D-E-S-I, Carson, C-A-R-S-O-N, or my email, desi.carson at ideasgeneration.org. Wow. Uh, real quickly, what is Desi working on right now for 2022? Can, can you just sum that up in about 15, 20 seconds? Ooh, sure. With my new role, I'm working on looking for partnerships um, to help develop content for emerging leaders in the DEI ideas field um, to help really make a difference, to help develop people, help leadership training, personal branding, fundraising, all the above. So I'm just looking for partnerships for all of that. Well, Desi, as you already know, you always got an open platform to come on my show. Uh, because you, you, uh, you make my show a lot better. <laughs> and uh, I would love to have you on. Uh, you and I talked about that when, in about three weeks. Uh, which, well, I want to talk about generations. And uh, so thank you so much for taking the time to come on the James Cooley Show with your life. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to thank my absolutely fantastic co-host, Michelle Cooley. She's beautiful. And she's always here supporting and she does all the heavy lifting. I'd like to thank my great producer Noah Dingley, you know, for always uh, putting the content and making sure that we got an absolutely fantastic show. I'd like to thank, most importantly, our listening audience for tuning in every night to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And I tell you, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring this great message to you. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been The James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.